turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Romans chapter 8, and we're just going to keep going just a little bit longer, if you, can, if you can manage it with me. Just a little bit, in a minute, I'll let you know. Just a little bit longer, if you can manage it with me. Praise the Lord. Romans uh, chapter 8. Let's just read it one more time. I know you're familiar with it, but it just never hurts to look at it one more time. Romans 8 chapter 14. And it says, <clears throat> for <clears throat> 16, sorry, uh, the spirit himself bears witness. I know it says itself, but I prefer himself because he's a person. Uh, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's how he leads us. Verse 14, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So he bears witness with us, that's how he leads us. Notice it says, he bears witness with our spirit. Yeah. He didn't bear witness with your mind. Amen. He didn't bear witness with your body. Yeah. He didn't bear witness with your emotions and how you feel. Yeah. He doesn't lead you with how you feel. It's got nothing to do with how you feel. He didn't say he bore witness with what you want. Right. Yeah. He didn't bear witness with your will. Right. He bore witness with your spirit. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Now we were talking last week a little bit about how it doesn't matter how you feel, how buffeted you are, how tormented you are, whatever you're going through, because faith doesn't come out of those areas that you're, of your feeling center. Remember, your heart has an inner, an inner core, a secret place, which is the hidden man of the heart. That's your spirit, but the rest of your heart is your soul, and those are the shallower waters or the outer courts, so to speak, you know, the holy place, the, you know, not, it's not the holy of holies, and you can renew that part of your heart or your soul, or you don't have to. If you do, you'll, you'll be more spiritual. You'll live out of your spirit more. If you don't, you won't. It's as simple as that. But when you're buffeted, when you're oppressed, when you're confused, when you're under pressure, when you're going through a test and trial, when you're feeling symptoms, when you're feeling financial pressure, when you're feeling whatever, all those emotions are part of that soul realm, but you're not believing God with your soul. You're believing God with your spirit. So Dad Hagen said, and I was ended off last week by saying how encouraging that has been to me, where he would say, especially for him in the area of sickness and, and, and getting off that deathbed and still feeling those symptoms at times that would grab a hold of him and and you know you'd think you, you you the devil will speak to you but you also feel maybe I'm not healed if I was healed I wouldn't feel this way but he knew he was healed. Those are just things trying to come back on him. Those are things trying to get him to stumble in his faith and say the wrong things. But he would say, no matter what I felt, no matter how, no matter how dark it seemed, no matter how, no, what emotions I was going through, how buffeted my mind was, what oppression, what torment I was going through, I always remembered, and this has helped me, and I repeated to help you, I always remembered that I can still believe God no matter how I feel. No matter what, is, no matter what the storm is, I can believe God. I can intentionally exercise my faith. I can trust him. I can believe him because a lot of Christians don't believe that. I can tell when things go wrong in your life if you're believing God. When things start falling apart, you fall apart. Do you know why? Because you live out of your soul. You don't live out of your spirit the way you should. If things are falling apart, nothing, you're, you're, nothing's changed for you. If COVID hits and so what? But not everybody said, so what, when COVID hit. A lot of people started panicking and living out of, or if you, your company is going under and they're laying workers off and you might be one of the ones getting the ax and then you're, you're crying and you're free. I understand the pressure, but you're going to understand a spiritual person doesn't live. You might feel that, you might know it, you might acknowledge it. We're not saying don't acknowledge it, but you realize that is there. I don't live out of there. I live out of here and here is where my faith is and here is where the leading of the spirit is and I can still be led in the pressure and I can still release faith in the pressure. Amen. 
So no matter what I'm going through, I can always be a man of faith. And faith pleases him and faith gets his power moving. So no matter what I'm going through, I can always have the power of God work for me. If you realize faith comes out of your spirit, it does not come out of your soul. Hallelujah. Faith, what does Romans 8, 10, 17 say? So faith comes by? And hearing by the? The, now the word, word of God, the word word there is not the word logos, it's the word rhema. That means revealed word of God. So you can read the Bible and not have faith. You can read a hundred scriptures and only get revelation on one. You only have faith on the one that you got revelation on. Revelation produces faith. Do you understand? Now, now reading the scriptures logos couldn't be in your soul realm. But faith don't come from your soul realm. Why? Revelation doesn't come from your soul realm. But like I said in that example of the water going down that, you know, all that limestone takes a year to get down the bottom of that cave. I was giving that example. So the word shouldn't take a year. Well, it could take a year. Everyone's different. But that word goes down as you meditate it, as you, as you mull it over, as you think about it, as you speak it. It's going down, 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 down into your spirit, man. Yeah. Are you listening? When it gets to your spirit, man, the Holy Ghost will start quickening revelation. The revelation comes from your spirit. So when you first read that scripture, you might not have revelation. Just keep meditating because eventually you're going to get revelation out of here. Are you with me? Now, when that revelation comes out of your spirit, doesn't, it doesn't originate in your soul, but it starts in your soul, the word, the process of it. But that revelation comes up out of your spirit. Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by revelation. So if revelation comes up out of your spirit, man, where is faith? Faith comes with revelation. Where does faith come? Out of your spirit, man. The difference between meditation and hearing the word taught and preached is that meditation on your own with your personal anointing, it's going to go slowly through that bedrock of your soul until it gets down into the cavern of your spirit. But when you're under the anointing from an office, it's like something is like a jackhammer and it's pushing that down in a much faster way. And sometimes it can go from your, you're hearing me, you're hearing ministers say things. It goes through your head. It goes into your brain. Go, that's part of your soul. But with the anointing, it can drive that just, you know, like those machines, they, they, there's like an explosion and, and, and it sends out those waves, those, those sonar waves, and it comes back and presents an image. It's like that, that's what it can be like under the anointing where bang, when, the, when that word comes forth, yes, it goes into your brain, but boom, and it just, it radiates down immediately into your spirit. And revelation can come bang right back up to your mind. It has to come up to your mind or you wouldn't know what, what's just happened. Do you understand? But, but it goes down, boom, comes back up. That can happen quickly or it can happen. You can listen. Somebody told me a little while ago, I've heard you preach for five years about faith. I only just understood it. So that, that took time for that to get down. Now, if they were meditating at home, it wouldn't have taken that long. But a lot of people don't meditate at home. They just wait to come to church. Are you one of those people? No, don't, don't put your hand up, please. Uh, it's a rhetorical question. Uh, if you only ever come to church to get revelation, uh, you're going to have some, but, but not, not all that. God sometimes won't even allow that to happen because you're not being, you're not being right outside the church house. So the fastest way to get revelation is meditate at home. You're going to, it's that process will be working. But then sometimes that stuff maybe has gone, that word has gone down about halfway, let's say, for example. Then you come and somebody's ministering along that same line and bang, it just shoots down, that anointing forces it down. Other times, maybe you've never heard it. Bang, that anointing just forces it from the surface all the way down and back up. 
When I say down and back up, I mean that, that goes from your brain, your soul, directly into your spirit by the anointing on the preached or taught word. And then it goes from when that revelation is there in your spirit, whoo, it goes back up to your mind. So you go, oh, I never saw that. But that process can happen in one second yeah. or it can take five years. So, you know, the, you want to speed it up, meditate more at home and come hungry and open hearted. Because if you're hungry and open hearted, you're more likely to get revelation when it's preached. Do you understand? And that's what we need. Now, when that revelation comes up and you realize, oh, I never saw that, realize automatically I have faith for that right now. I have faith. If you, if you see a scripture verse on healing that you never saw before, you have more faith for healing right now. When I do the offerings or anybody's talking on finances and you go, oh, I never saw that before. That means faith. You have more faith now for that thing because the scripture that you had revelation on is where the faith is for you to believe for that thing now. So no matter how you're feeling, faith will work. That's what I'm trying to get over to you. No matter how you're feeling, if you're spiritual, what does spiritual mean? It's coming up out of your spirit. You're living out of your spirit more than your soul. Faith will always work no matter how buffeted you are. And that's a great encouragement. Now, remember, your spirit is what? Can your spirit sin? No. Yes. But can you, is your spirit always strong? No. Very good. Why? Your spirit is sealed by the blood, can't sin. Do you understand? But your, the sin that happens is not out of your spirit. But your spirit, even though it's sinless and innocent, because of the blood, because it's sealed, you can sin in your soul. You can sin in your body. And the more you do that, the more carnal you are, the more you're yielding to your flesh more than your spirit man makes your spirit man weak. Do you understand? Now, the more word you're putting into your spirit, remember, comes from your mind down. The more word that's going will make your spirit man strong. It will produce more faith, but with that word will produce more the ability to be led. Because a, a weak, I'm trying to help you understand something. A weak spirit. Some people think, oh, I just have to pray in tongues. I just have to pray in tongues. You do have to pray in tongues a lot in order to be led by the spirit. But it's not only that. You know why? Because what feeds your spirit? The word. Tongues does not feed your spirit. Tongues exercises your spirit. The word is food to your spirit. If the word is not going into your spirit, are you listening? That means if you're not getting revelation, you can read the Bible, but not get revelation. So don't matter how many chapters you read, don't pat yourself on the back too quickly. Well, I read 17 chapters, but what revelation did you get? Because I'd rather you meditate on one verse than 17 chapters, but get revelation on that. The revelation is the key, not just the reading. Now, sometimes reading, much reading will produce that revelation. So I'm not against much reading. I'm just saying the point is revelation. Are you with me? Now, if the word goes into your spirit, the word is the only thing that can feed your spirit, right? Now, when the word goes into your spirit and it feeds your spirit and revelation comes, your spirit has been nourished. Now you're out of that, out of that nourished spirit of where you got revelation because the word is rich. Now faith is going to come. Okay, now, we're talk, now just pause for a second. But that same spirit, forget about faith for a second. That same spirit, if you're going to be led by your spirit, you're not going to be led as easily if your spirit is weak and emancipated. So we don't just put the word in us so that we can have faith. Although that is huge. We put the word in us so our spirit man is fed. We put the word in us so we get revelation so our spirit man is strong. 
and out of a strong spirit will come leadings. A lot of people praying in tongues all the time, but don't put any word in and they wonder why they can't be led right. You've got to have strength in your, just you tried. I did it for 40 days. I know you try not to eat. You see how you feel in four days, seven days, 12 days, 18 days. You see how you feel. You can't, <laughs> you, you're initially, the weird thing is the longer you go, the, the more energy you get. That's really strange. By the last 10 days of that 40 day fast, I was running on the treadmill for an hour, almost an hour a day. I had so much energy. I couldn't believe it. I could barely sleep. I was just like rearing to go. I couldn't believe where, I don't know where did the energy come from. I'm like, what's wrong with me? And I still don't know where that came from. But the fasting clinics say that that happens. Your body gets into like another, whatever they call it. It's another thing, whatever, like an alien. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> down the road, your body starts to get energized. And that's why you got to stop fasting. That's why a lot of people get in trouble because they got so much energy. They think I can just keep going. But after 40 days, medically, they've proven after the 40 day mark and they don't These aren't Christian doctors. These are secular doctors. And they say after the 40 day mark, there is no further benefit to your body whatsoever by fasting. And you start falling off a cliff health wise. And even one secular doctor who was a Jew said, I guess God, he said, I'm not religious, but I guess God got it right. That's what he said in a video. He's the leading guy on fasting in the world. And he said, he's in California, and he said, I guess God got it right because you don't find anywhere in the Bible where they fasted more than 40 days, both Moses and Jesus, etc. After 40 days, there's no medical benefit to you. In fact, you start declining rapidly. And that's why he said, people come in my clinics and they fasting 40 days and they got so much energy that last 10 days, they want to keep going to 50, 60 and we've let them, but they do damage to their organs after 40 days. Isn't God amazing? He knew that he created the body to be able to handle that process for that amount of time and only that amount of time. If we just follow the Bible would be better. Amen. But my point is at the end, I had a lot of energy, but that first while you don't have the energy, you don't have, you're very weak. Your body is trying to adjust. It's really eating itself, right? It's eating itself. It's using its fat stores for energy. But you feel that in your energy levels. So in the natural realm, if you don't eat, your body is weak. Now, if you don't feed your, your spirit the word, are you listening? I didn't say feed your mind the word. I said feed your spirit the word. What's the difference? You can read 15 chapters. That's your mind. But one verse might fall down into your spirit on meditation. That's your spirit. You've got to feed your spirit, which means revelation is coming from the word into your spirit. And you've got to do that in order for your spirit to remain strong. Now, two major things happen simultaneously. One is when your spirit is strong, leadings will be strong. Now, when you're praying in the Holy Ghost out of your spirit, because your spirit is strong, you'll be led much easier. Secondly, because your spirit has revelation in it, that revelation produces faith and faith will start coming. You'll be, you'll just find it easier to believe God for things. Easier to believe God over addictions. Easier to believe God to walk in love with that person that you really want to murder. And I didn't say that. Richard Roberts said, everybody knows somebody right now who needs to die. Maybe some of you know three or four people. That is why God created the mob. There's a reason why these things exist. But that's what he said. That's not what I said. Don't get mad at me. It's eat your spirit man will be easier. Faith in out of your spirit to walk in love. Faith to believe for healing. Faith to believe for whatever it is that you're going through. Whatever it is that you're going through. Secret sins you're trying to get victory over. The things in your job that you don't like to do. You know, can I tell you something? I won't say what it was. But there's something in my job I really hate doing. Like I hate doing it. 
Like I hate doing it. And when it comes around, I start to dread it. And I, and I was in the shower praying the other day and I said, oh Lord, here it comes again, you know. And I just, that's all I said. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, why don't you pray in the Holy Ghost about that? Oh, I don't need to pray in the Holy Ghost. I know what to do. I just don't like doing it. I heard him say, pray in the Holy Ghost about that. So I started, I said, Lord, all right, okay. And listen, I'm trying to help you. This is all part of being led. Because sometimes you don't even think the Holy Ghost knows what you're feeling. He knows everything you're feeling. And more than that, he knows why you're feeling it. He really does. And he's moved with the feelings of your infirmities. He, he wants, he doesn't want you to hate things. If it's something that he's authored. I mean, if it's other stuff, that, then that's, you know. But if it's something that's part of what he's got for you to do. And if you're in a job that he puts you in, no matter what kind of a job that is, there's things that you have to do. And he doesn't want you to hate that. So I heard the Holy Ghost say, pray in tongues about that. And I said, why would I do that? I've never, I've never really done that before. Lord, I pray in tongue about, because there's mysteries, but this is not a mystery. I know what to do. It, I just don't want to do it. I don't like doing it. It's, it's just stressful for me. I don't enjoy it. And he said, there's a mystery why you don't like it. I never thought of that before. The mystery is not always what to do. There could be a mystery. Why do I why is this thing so hard for me? Do you know what I mean? And he said, pray that mystery out. So I started praying. It wasn't very long. I didn't, pray, didn't have to pray a long time. And just a note of joy came. He didn't speak to me. Just a note of joy and victory came up. And the Holy Ghost said, that's done now. I said, well, Lord, what's that? Why? In other words, I'm praying the mystery why I don't like it. So tell me. Why I don't like it? Why do I have a note of victory? He said, I don't need to tell you. Just start it. You'll find that you like it. I prayed that mystery out. He didn't even tell me the reason why. He just tweaked something. And the very next day I went to do that. And I, I'm so used to feeling that sense of, and I went to do it. And I, I just had a light feeling. I thought, oh, well, praise God. Let's get it done. That's the first time that's ever happened in my life. And I realized that there's a lot of things that we don't understand why. And the Holy Ghost knows exactly why. And you can pray things out and you can deal with things in the spirit that maybe you have never even thought that you could. If you'll just learn to listen to him. But what I'm trying to say is if you've got a weak spirit, you're not going to be led by the spirit the same way. Praying in tongues is not the only thing. Although it's a huge thing, but it is not the only thing. We are not spirit people. We are word and spirit people. Everything has to be the word mixed with the spirit. Notice it's not, we're not spirit word people. We're word and spirit. Why? Because the word always comes first. The rock was set with Gideon and then the fire came from within the rock. Everything started. Jesus was the word and the Holy Ghost came because Jesus came first. The word's always first. Every symbol you see, the word is always first. So don't just pray in tongues. In fact, get the word in you first. That's the divine order order. Get your spirit strong. Get revelation flowing on a regular basis. Do you understand? Get that spirit man strong. And then out of that place will come stronger leadings and faith. And then you'll have faith for whatever he leads you to do. Go to Israel. That's a leading. Well, I need all this money, but because I have a strong spirit, I'm, I don't trying to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying I'm developing a strong spirit like all of us are. But because I'm developing a strong spirit, that leading came because, of a, because I have something inside. But then faith came for it. 
And within one week, all the money came in. Praise God. I didn't take an offering for it either. I just mentioned it. I said, how do you want me to have it? He said, just talk, just mention it. Just mention if anybody wants to sow. I said, I'll take an offering. He said, don't take an offering. Just mention it. Within one week, less than a week, all the money came in for that trip. And you see, that's, but that was a leading. If, that hadn't, if that, that he didn't lead that, then he wouldn't have touched the hearts. Do you understand? So a strong spirit really is important for the leading of the spirit, not just for faith. You still with me? Hallelujah. Now, John 7, 37, real quick. John chapter 7, verse 37. Wonderful scripture here. Really beautiful way it's phrased. I love reading it. I love reading it. And in the last day, the great day of the feast, well, it's not talking necessarily about today, but we're in the last day. (laughs) In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried, saying, if any man thirst, now remember, if you're talking about the word, you always hear it referred to as hunger. You don't ever hear the word referred to as thirst. Are you listening? You have to be hungry for the word. Those that hunger and thirst shall be filled. Word, spirit. You don't ever hear the word referred to as thirst. You always refer to it. Why? Because you eat the word. But the spirit is always referred to as drink. You can't, you can eat. Listen to me. If you just drink, but you don't eat, you're going to wither away. If you just pray in tongues and just focus on the flow of the spirit, but you don't have the word, you're going to wither away. But if you only have you ever just eaten a meal, just, just, especially certain types of food, and you just eat and they got no, there's nothing there to wash it down with, it just kind of sits there, that's why you eat and you drink. Because drinking is a part of eating. Drinking helps the process of eating. Drinking helps your stomach process the food better. Everything is about food and drink, food and water, food and whatever else you're drinking. Everything in your spiritual life, God made it so simple so we wouldn't forget. Just like you eat and you drink, you have your eggs, you have some orange juice, or you have some coffee, or you have whatever. So you have the Word, and then you have the Holy Ghost. The Spirit is always referred to as drinking. So how do you drink? Well, one of the best ways you drink is to pray in the Holy Ghost and or worship. So if you do that every day or throughout the day, then in the natural, why can't you do that in the spiritual? Well, how do I drink, Pastor Craig? Because all the people I hear talking about drinking have those wild services where everybody's rolling and drunk. And Listen, those are special times. They're really for believers, by the way. We don't really want unbelievers to see those kinds of services. And sometimes those things are put on live stream and I cringe because I know what's going on. But some person out there that turns on and watches and they see them jerking and dancing and freaking out, they are going to think we're nuts. Now, maybe somebody will say, I don't care what they think. Well, I do. Not because I'm proud, but because I don't want them to stumble on the gospel. Dad Hagen always said those are believers meetings when that stuff happens. They're not to be publicized. I don't know why. I'm, I'm not sure why certain things are publicized these days that are private. Believers meetings are private. Because what we do as believers, when that Holy Ghost begins to flow, uh, they don't understand. They don't understand. Now, there is scripture that says it's not wrong. It's just I don't think it should be too common. Because on the day of Pentecost, they were drunk. And the sinner said, how come they're drunk? It's nine in the morning. 
So if it was that bad and God didn't want any sinner to see anybody drunk in the Holy Ghost, he wouldn't have put it on the day of Pentecost. So there is evidence to say that it's okay. We want the sinners. But sometimes I just, anyway, I'm not going to go on about that. Believers meetings are for believers. And some things happen that sinners should not see because they cannot understand it. Do you understand? And, 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 and when they saw the drunkenness on the day of Pentecost, it wasn't just an isolated drunkenness. There was a drunkenness, but then Peter began to preach. And the drunkenness led them, observing that flow, then hearing the word got them saved. Watching the flow didn't get them saved. Probably got them confused. In fact, we know it got them confused because they said, why are you drunk? It's only night in the morning. That's confusion. So just seeing a flow is not enough for the sinner. They can see the flow, but somebody has to preach. That, then they can look back and say, oh, okay, that's a sign and a wonder. Look what God is doing to confirm the word with signs and wonders. But if there's no word and there's only drunkenness and there's only rolling around, they're going to think we're crazy. Anyway, that's not part of my sermon, so I don't know why I'm talking about that. But I'm just saying, we want more of that in our church. But when we do that, we want to keep it more in the confines of believers or make sure that there is a preaching attached to it for the sinners that, so that they can respond right and not think that we're off our rockers. Okay. Stood up and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly, he's quoting the Old Testament, shall flow rivers. Where's, where, where does Proverbs 20, 27 say the, your spirit is? The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Your spirit is not in your throat. Your spirit is not in your head. Your spirit is not over here. Your spirit is in your belly area. That's what the Bible says. That's what we believe. Some people have bigger spirits than others. But the point is, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We all got the same size. Just our housing unit might be more embellished than others. Out of his belly, Taylor, what does that mean? Out of his spirit will flow rivers of living water because there's the life of God in that water. But now watch, but he spake of the spirit. So when he says rivers of living water, he's not talking about actual water. He's talking about the Holy Ghost. But he spoke of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So what is he saying? The day's coming when out of your belly or your spirit is going to flow rivers of the spirit. What do you think rivers of the spirit are? Deep theological question. Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. So out of your spirit can come the word of God, which can be considered spirit by that standard. But there's something more. Because let's have a look here in 1 Corinthians 14, 14. Turn over there. 1 Corinthians, let's interpret scripture with scripture, please. And it says, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. So when you're praying in tongues, your mind is not doing anything. Your spirit, the words are coming out of your spirit. And the Holy Ghost, according to Acts chapter 2, verse 4, they were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
So the words of tongues is coming out of your spirit by the ability or utterance, or he's giving you that ability, the Holy Ghost in your spirit to pray those words, but they're coming up out of your spirit and they're words full of life because the Holy Ghost is life. And he's giving you that ability to pray. So rivers of living water coming out of your spirit, one of the major areas of that is praying in other tongues because tongues are living. And this is what I'm trying to emphasize to you tonight. So many of us, it's only 12 seconds. I'm telling you, I've been around long enough to know that a lot of Christians do that. You don't do that at church because you're not stupid, but you do it at home. Not, not everybody, but some people, they do it at home that way. It's a drag, it's a burden, it's a chore, it's whatever. And I'm trying to let you know, Jesus said, out of your belly, out of your spirit will come rivers of life, living water. The Holy Ghost gave the utterance to pray in other tongues. And when we're praying in other tongues, our spirit man is active moving and it's coming out of your spirit. So one of the great and out worship can also come. The word can also come. It's not limited only to tongues, but when he's talking about coming to me, all ye that thirst, he's referring to things of the spirit because anytime thirst is mentioned, it's about the spirit more than it is about the word. So even though you can have the life coming out of your spirit with scripture, that's not primarily doctrinally what Jesus is talking about because he didn't say, come unto me, all ye that hunger and thirst. He said, come unto me, all ye that thirst. That means he's talking about, it says, and he spake of the spirit, which had not yet been given because he had not yet been glorified. But he was saying, come who thirst, things of the spirit. Out of your belly, out of your spirit will flow a river, moving water, moving, not a rock, that's the word. Living, moving, churning, exciting, full of life. This energy in the water, this living life water is coming out of your spirit. You could technically say that could be the word, but because he said the word thirst, he didn't say the word hunger. He's primarily referring to things of the spirit. He's referring to the flow of the spirit. And the flow of the Holy Ghost in this capacity is primarily tongues. It's also worship, but it's primarily tongues. And remember, he said in 1 Corinthians 14, we won't read it for time. You can read it later. He said, I say, I speak with other tongues and I also sing with other tongues. So he's talking about singing, that's worship, but in other tongues, because that's the life that's coming out of you. Your spirit man wants to pray in tongues, but your body and soul doesn't. It comes back to the same thing that we're saying over and over again, that Joe Siegel said over and over again, are you carnal or are you spiritual? Amen. You're not natural. If you're natural, you're not even born again. But you're, as a, as a born again person, you've got a, a fleshly carnal side and that's, that's part of your soul. Then you've got a spiritual side that's part of your spirit. It's all in your heart, but that's part of your spirit. Now, if you yield more to your spirit because you put the word in your spirit and you pray in the tongues which comes out of your spirit, you'll be more spiritual. If you don't, you'll be more carnal and, and, and naturally minded. You're not natural, you're, you're spiritual as a being, but you can be more carnal or naturally minded, thinking like sinners do, thinking like carnal Christians do. And if you live like that all the time because you don't put the word in and you don't, put, and you don't let the Holy Ghost bubble up, then, then you're going to live your life always in the, nat, in the natural, carnal, fleshly flow. So I'm trying to get you to understand. I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm trying to explain to you how important it is 
that you don't just see see how the emphases change in a sermon. I just was emphasizing don't just don't just talk about the spirit. You got to put the word in. But now I'm saying let's not just focus on the word for a second. You've got to pray in tongues. Because you can put the word in, but if you don't have that flow of tongues and worship, there's no life coming out of you. And when you pray in tongues, it shouldn't be, and you've got to renew your thinking to this. It's not just a mashtakada ushtakada. It might feel like that, but don't go by how you feel. I have to, listen, I'm helping you. I have to check myself. Because sometimes I just pray in tongues because I do it so often and I just kind of kind of get into, for lack of a, I don't like to use this word, but for lack of a better word, I kind of get into a, a rut. I don't like to use that word because it's not a, it's always positive to pray in tongues. But you can kind of get into just this thing because you do it so often. And I have to remind myself, I have to, this is why this scripture is so important. I have to remind myself, Craig, it is not just Manish Dakota Hashimiri which feels like whatever. It is living water coming up out of my spirit man, living words. Do you understand that when you speak in tongues, those words are alive? They are living words. Your mind does not comprehend. You don't understand what you're saying. It can kind of feel a little bit sometimes boring because your soul is not, your, your emotions and all your woo-hoo is not engaged. It's just coming up out of here. Yeah. But those words, Mada those are living words. And they are the same power as though I were to quote a scripture. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. That word has got life to it. My words are spirit and life, the Bible says. When I quote the scriptures, those words even though they're English, are literally alive. You say, but what do you mean? In the realm of the spirit that is behind this veil that you can't see, those words are living and moving in that realm. When I just say, Brother Greg, how you doing? Those words are not life. Those words don't go into that realm. Those words fall. But when I quote the scriptures in this veil, that there's a veil here. On the other side, there's demons, angels, there's a whole bunch of stuff. When I speak the scriptures, the, the spiritual life in those words, albeit English, go past that veil and they actually move in that realm. Yes. Yeah. Now, when I pray in tongues, it's the same thing. It's the same power as quoting a scripture verse. You, the words coming out of your spirit that are tongues, do you understand? The Holy Ghost authored those words. Wow. He gave you those words. He, 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 yeah. Those are bona fide words that are living and they came from him down in here. And when you speak them, they go through this veil that you can't see with your natural eyes. And those tongues move. Yeah. Mm. Amen. And they go not to the devil. They go straight to the Father. Amen. The Father hears me talk to him. But when I pray in tongues, those words are living there's a life quality to tongues that people forget. And if you can just renew, see, this is revelation to some of you. If you can just renew your mind to what I'm preaching to you, you won't ever feel again, oh, whatever. Because so many people feel that way. This is living. These are living words coming out of my spirit. And they're going directly to my father. Did you even know that? Look, look, look down. You're in 1 Corinthians 14. Look down in verse 2. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto Greg. 
Sandra, Rosita, or even Danielle, but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. I'm talking to God with living words out of my spirit. How precious, what a privilege that is. What a privilege that is. Let me say something else to you. When I was doing my healing class, you know, I'm teaching it. I have revelation in it. But every time a minister ministers, they should get more revelation. They should. Do you understand? Something should stand out to you. Sometimes you speak by the spirit. You don't even know that you, (laughs) there are times I speak by revelation. I didn't even know that. I don't tell you that because I don't want you to think, well, what a doofus. I mean, he didn't know that. So I don't always say, hey, that's revelation to me right now. I'll just see it and then make me look good. But, but sometimes like, there's things that come up out of my spirit that I actually don't even know. And as it's coming, I'm like, my God, that's revelation to me. And I'm the one preaching it. Do you know how many times I go listen to my own sermons? But I fast forward because of all the nonsense. I fast forward because, because some of that might be revelation to others, but that's not revelation to me. But I'll know approximately about a quarter of the way through. That's kind of how I look at it in fours, about a quarter of the way through. I think that was about three quarters of the way through. And I'll just fast forward till approximately three quarters. And I'll just listen until that, whatever that phrase was that, that I said, but I said it by the spirit. I didn't even, I didn't even have revelation on that myself until I said it. And then I write it in my journal. Now, sometimes that doesn't happen. There's, n- there's no, nothing like that happens. It's just what I already have revelation on. I'm saying, but by the gift of prophecy, which is inspired spontaneous utterance by the Holy Ghost. Many times revelation will come. That doesn't mean that it has to come because it could be inspired at the moment, but I already had revelation of it before. Yeah. But sometimes it's inspired at the moment with fresh revelation. That's so true. Amen. What was I talking about? Healing school. I, so I'm teaching, but I'm aware that by the gift of prophecy, sometimes things come out that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I have a little thing where I say, what stood out to me? in my file. So I did my message, but then there's usually a few things, sometimes one, two, three, sometimes nothing, but normally is at least one of something that really stood out to me, meaning I got fresh revelation as I was teaching it. And so on that first class, I was doing a case study of that Kenneth Hagin's healing, which I've read many times before, and I've taught it in different Bible schools and places. So it's not new to me, so to speak, but I, even though I've read that paragraph, Jenny, so many times, on one of those pages, on one of those, there was, I think, 10 points, 9 or 10 points. But on one of those principles or one of those sections, I was reading. And as I'm reading it, boy, it just like, it's like I'd never read it before. Yeah. And so I wrote that when I got home, what stood out to me. And I wrote that little paragraph out because that's God was giving me revelation, even though I was teaching it. Yeah. And what it was, was he said, it is such a privilege to be able to use the word, to stand on the word, and to release our faith in a test and a trial. And I saw that in a way. I've never seen that before, Greg, because most people, they go through a hard time, and they're like, okay, well, yes, I'm going to stand, and they they deal with this, but it's almost like an attitude of, well, you know, like I have to, because if I don't, I'm not going to get through this problem. So, okay, I'm going to do it, and I steal myself. I'm going to do it, and it's almost like I have to do it, so I'm going to do it. I have to stand on the word, so I'm going to stand on the word. You know, I need to stand on the word, so I'm going to submit myself and stand on the word. He had such a different attitude. 
He never ever looked at it like I have to, although he did have to. I need to, although he did need to. He looked at it like, and he said it more than once that I read, but it hit me like a Mack truck, Jenny. He would say, Father, thank you for the privilege of standing on your word. Thank you for the great privilege of releasing my faith. Thank you that in this test and trial, I get to release my faith and I will see victory. And I felt the Holy Ghost say, change the way you think about standing on my word. My word is a privilege. It's not a duty. It's not something you have to do, although you do have to do it. It's an honor. It's a privilege that we get the word. People in China don't have the word. They have scraps of paper. I have the word. And most people don't go to church that teaches faith. I have a church, I have a spiritual parent, I have a group, and we understand this message and we're growing further in it. And we're excited about it and it's changing our lives. I get the privilege, no matter what is going on, to stand on the word, to use the word, to release my faith, no matter what test and trial, what a privilege to watch God work. That will turn the test and trial on its head. Then you won't look at the test and trial like, oh my God. No. <laughs> at destruction and famine, I laugh. <laughs> Not because I'm crazy, but because what a privilege to stand against you. Stand with Jesus against you. What a privilege to believe him. It's a privilege. It's not a heavy thing. It's a privilege. Well, the same way that that was revelation to me on that first Monday night, Recently, the Holy Ghost said to me something. He said, the same way that you are so excited about standing on my word, start to get the revelation. It's a privilege to pray in the Holy Ghost. You look at it like, oh, I have to. Oh, I've got to. Like it's a duty. Well, you do have to. And it is a duty from that perspective. But you've got to change the way you think. What a privilege I get to have the Holy Ghost give my spirit syllables and words that I can't understand. And they're throbbing like a nuclear core reactor with the life of God. And they come out of me and through a veil and go to heaven and talk to my father. What a privilege to say, What a privilege. I'm giving you a lot today. You better give a big offering. That's all I'm saying. Jenny, what a privilege to stand on that word. What a privilege to pray in the power of the Spirit. Stop looking at it like as some kind of hard duty. And look at it like you get to do it. Thank you for letting me do it. Thank you that I live now and not in the Old Testament. Thank you that the Holy of Holies is inside me. Indiana Jones is looking for me. He couldn't find the ark. Well, he did, but it wasn't the real one. Anyway, the ark is, I am the ark. And the ark represents Jesus. And he's in me. The hope of glory. And he's deep in my spirit, in a secret chamber, a concealed hidden place, the hidden man of my heart. And out of that I live, and out of that the word goes down, revelation comes up. Leadings come out, tongues comes out. My God, what a privilege, my brother and sister. It's astonishing to me. I know it's so basic because we talk about the word in tongues all the time, but it can get so monotonous that you forget 
this is so supernatural. This is such a privilege. This is such an honor that you get to pray in the Holy Ghost. The greatest prophet of the Old Testament, John the Baptist, would have given his left arm to be able to pray one syllable in tongues, and you get to pray as much as you want whenever you want. Woo, Jesus. Hallelujah. Maybe I'm excited. I don't know. Maybe you're excited with me. I don't know. But what a blessing. Now, do you have those quotes, Peter, that I sent you last week? Let's see how, how on the ball you are. My God. We'll just see. We're not sure what's going on here. Let's see if, if you're going to put them up there, if you have them for me, please. If you don't, then I'll just read them. But let's just see if, if they have them up there for me. All the leadings that I've ever gotten have come out of my spirit. And most of them have come when I was listened to the prophet of God. He didn't say all, he said most of them, that means more than 50%, have come when I was praying in other tongues. You can understand why, because you see your spirit's active. All the leadings, Jenny, all the leadings, where? He leads me by my spirit. Do you need me to repeat it? The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inner parts of the belly. What does that mean? What is a candle? Light. What is light? Light shows you a path. Light shows you where to go. Light shows you where to walk. So the leading or the illumination of God for you. So when you lose your job, stop going, oh, what am I going to do? And and searching. Searching. Because you might come up with a solution, but it might mess your life up even more. When something goes wrong or even nothing goes wrong, look to your spirit. Now remember, you got to put the word in or it will be weak. See, I'm praying out the mystery for that new job. Let's say that's what it is. And those living words are going to my father. So now the Holy Ghost can now show me the mystery so it's no longer a mystery. And I'm praying it out, praying it out, praying it out, praying it out. And don't go to every tongue session and expecting to get an answer. That's another problem. What I prayed for an hour. Whoop-dee-doo. Come back when you prayed for a thousand and then talk to me. We are so weak in our in our endurance we'll shop for 19 hours we'll watch football well i don't because i don't know any of the teams but you some guys will watch sports all day long but you pray in tongues for 20 minutes and you're like oh my god i I mean kenneth hagan got nothing on me now i mean my lord jesus can you believe that 20 minutes let's go back to the game now our endurance is small for things that are spiritual. Our endurance is great for things that are natural. God don't mind the natural, but he wants to make sure the spiritual is first. Praying in other tongues is not going to give you an answer every time you pray. And so don't even look. See, if you start searching for an answer, begging God for an answer, oh, I need to hear your voice so badly, then you'll start to hear voices. And they won't be God. I never go into a prayer session and say, you need to speak to me today. Ever. In fact, what I say is, the longer it takes you, the better it is for me. Because the longer it takes you, the more I have to wait on you, the more I develop the fruit of patience. And patience is very important in your life. Patience is very important. Patience is a wide stance uh, football player. Patience says, you can blow and you can come at me, devil. I ain't moving. I don't care if I have to pray 28 sessions in tongues. I ain't moving. Patience is a, it's an enduring strength that comes out of your spirit because it's a fruit of the spirit, comes out of your spirit. 
And you got to get to the point where you don't expect God to talk to you or reveal to you or give you any instruction when you're praying. You wait for him to do it. And your privilege is to just keep praying. You see, that's where the attitude comes in. If you're doing it because you have to, you'll always be like, oh God, why don't you answer me? (laughs) Come on. Why is it taking so long? But if you're like, oh my God, what a privilege. Oh my Jesus, thank you for the privilege of praying in other tongues. You're not going to be like, well, why aren't you talking to me? You're just being like, I get to pray. I just get to pray. I get to meditate on the word. I get to go to church. Hallelujah. And over time, at the right time, he'll speak to you. He might speak to you through something I say. He might speak to you in a dream. He might speak to you with a scripture. Jump off the page. He might speak to you through a sinner that says something, but your spirit jumps and God says, that's your answer. Don't think he only talks to you through Christians. He will talk to you through any. God can minister to you through nature. He can. Those birds. For this building. I mean, there's a lot of ways God can get the information over to you and he likes variety. But his number one is the inner bearing of witness, that knowing, that sense, I don't know why I know, I just know that I know, I, I just don't, I don't know why, I just know that I know that I know that I know that I know, I just know, it's just, I just got it. That's the number one way he leads you. But pray in other tongues until those leadings come. See, out of your belly comes this living language. What a privilege to speak in that language, Jenny. What a privilege to feed our spirits the word so that the leadings can come out of a strong spirit. My God, I'm doing, Lord Jesus, you, you're doing a good job tonight, Holy Ghost. Much better than me. Hallelujah. Okay, look at the next quote here. One reason that we failed so miserably in the church world as a whole, we've done so much of just one kind of praying, praying with our understanding, mental prayers. And that's okay. Eight of the nine prayers are praying with your mind. We've been endeavored, we've endeavored to fight spiritual battles with mental abilities instead of praying out of our spirits. Now remember, you can pray the other kinds of prayers and it'd be praying in the spirit but not in tongues because you're in the realm of the spirit as you're praying them. Do you understand? So to say praying in the spirit is only praying in tongues is not technically accurate. But, but what he's referring here is praying out of our spirits in other tongues. Praise the Lord. Next one, and every, this is so important. Some of you watching, that lady that I spoke to earlier, you know who you are. I won't say your name. I said, watch the service tonight. God's going to speak to you. Uh, Lady, this is for you. In every crisis of life, because some people go through crises, I've learned to look to my spirit inside me. I've learned to pray in other tongues. And while I'm praying in other tongues, there comes guidance up from the inside of me. Not the mind, the spirit. Because see, my spirit's active. My body's not active. My mind's not active. My spirit's active. And it's through my spirit that he's going to guide me. Remember, the illumination comes through your spirit. And sometimes while I'm praying in tongues, I don't know a word that's said in English. Sometimes I'll interpret it, and through the interpretation, I'll get some light and some guidance. But most of the time, not so, just once in a while. Go back, I want to read that one again. And sometimes, while I, listen closely to what he's saying. I don't know a word what I'm saying in English. Obviously, he's speaking in tongues. Sometimes I'll interpret it. Remember, Paul says you can pray that you'll interpret. And through the interpretation, I'll get some light and some guidance. But most of the time, not so no, just once in a while. Pause for on that screen. So do you understand? You can pray. Most of the time, it's just more of and then it ends. Yeah. 
And you may not know anything any more than you did when you started to pray. But you put something in the spirit realm and now it is a right to, God's going to get it back to you. Amen. Could be the next day, could be a week later, could be reading, could be praying. You just could maybe open your eyes one morning. You don't know why, you just know what to do because it came up while you were sleeping. Yeah, now that's most of the time. But then some of the time, some of the time, not most of the time. Some of the time, it's and, and, and yes, uh, uh, go there and, and do this. You see, I'm interpreting that tongue. Yeah. But that's not all the time. Mm -hmm. But I can pray to interpret. Right. Now listen, I, 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 I'm not going to say names, but you better listen closely because we've had ministers. One minister in this pulpit who I highly esteem and respect, but their doctrine is a little different to ours. A little different to Pastor Nancy's. A little different to Dad Hagen's. And they say... And Pastor Nancy has had to also talk to her congregation privately about this. Because some people believe every time you pray in tongues, go ahead and interpret. That's not scriptural. It says pray or ask God that you may interpret. But the inference in the Greek is not that it's a guarantee that you're going to interpret. It's Lord, I would like to interpret but let me tell you something. The gift of the interpretation of tongues in private setting is the same gift as in public setting. There's not two different gifts of the interpretation of tongues. It's the same gift. So in a public service, you can't make the Holy Ghost give you the interpretation. It comes as he wills. And in the private setting, you can't make the Holy Ghost give you the interpretation. It comes as he wills. Now, if you ask him, he will will more frequently than if you don't ask him. But it's still his job. He is the boss. So to say every time you pray in tongues, interpret is not scriptural. And if you do that, you're in danger because you'll start to interpret by your mind or worse, by demons. And I don't like to say things because I don't want any kind of problem or anybody to think I'm disrespecting anybody or anything like that. But the facts are not everybody studied under Dad Hagen and doesn't all, doesn't, there's a safety there. Okay, and I'm not talking about Dad Hagen, I'm talking about the Word. The Word is where we're getting our stuff. He's just explaining it, but it's in the Word. So do not be duped that every time you speak in tongues, you have a right to interpret. You most certainly do not. But at times, the Holy Ghost will, and he'll do it more often if you ask. If you never ask, he'll do it less often because you're showing honor for it. But even when you ask, most of the time, most of the time, not so. Which means most of the time, even when you ask, that means more than 50%. When you ask for the interpretation, he will not give it to you. And in my life, it's most, most. In my life, it's probably 80% of the time. I don't get the interpretation. 90% of the time, I don't get the interpretation. I just speak in other tongues. And I'm happy with that because what a privilege. Yes. It's living words. It just get your doctrine straight on this because you'll open the door and you'll get confused and you'll get weird. I don't care what other people say. I care what the word says. It says, pray that you may interpret. It didn't say demand. The inference in the Greek is not a guarantee. It's a request. Ask him. That means he could say no, because we know we interpret that scripture with 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 11 to 13, 14, and it tells us very clearly, it says, sorry, 7 to 11, and it tells us that the gift of the interpretation of tongues is as the Spirit wills. It is not guaranteed. So that's why he says, ask. Ask God that you can interpret. Ask does not mean that you get a guess every time. Dad Hagen said, most time you don't. I'm, 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 I'm helping you. My God. Man. I wish I, I wish I wish I had a church 
not me. I wish I had a church like this when I was growing up. I wish I had somebody teaching me this when I was 12. I wish I had it. I would be so much further ahead than I am today. I'm telling you, this is discerned revelation, my brother and sister. So, so go back to the previous screen. So what have we learned here? Crisis of life, look to your spirit. Crisis, spirit. Crisis, spirit. Not spirit. Your spirit never cries. Your spirit never whines. Your spirit never sins. But your spirit can be weak. So if you're in a crisis and you look to your spirit, but you're never in the word, you're never praying in tongues, there's not going to be much coming out of that spirit. So then you're going to go to your emotions because there's a lot coming out of there. But there's not much coming out there. That's why stay full. So when the crisis comes globally, you're fine. Stay full. So that when the crisis comes individually, you get a bad report from the doctor, you lose your job, something goes wrong, you're fine. Somebody asked me, uh, legit, four times actually, and I appreciate them. They're, they come to our church. They're very, very sweet. But they, they've said, four times, Pastor, what are you doing? I'm really worried about you. And I said, well, why? There's a lot of things a lot of people are worried about. Could you narrow the list? What are you, why are you going to Israel? Like, what are you doing? Do you understand that they just killed somebody last week and, and it's still very, very dangerous? Like, what are you doing? They've asked me four times. And their hearts are right. Their hearts, that makes me kind of feel good. Like, well, nobody else asked me. I mean, everybody is just like, yeah, please go. And if, if you don't come back, well, Pastor Jenny will take over. I mean, it's okay. So part of me, Greg, felt like, wow, this person really loves me a lot. And they're, they're like up at night worrying about me. And that's kind of really sweet. But let me tell you where that comes from. See, they're in their mind. They're in their emotions. They're in fear of natural circumstances. Because a spiritual person, a spiritual person, if God is instructing, will say, there's no problem. In fact, you better go. Because if you stay here, you're in, you, you, there's, more, there's more potential for problems than if you stay in the perfect will of God. So you can have, you know, you know what I'm saying is you can have good heart, meaning, intentions. You can have a lot of family members, a lot of people around you, even congregation members that have not grown yet. They're nice people. They just started coming to the church. That's okay. Give them a break. Don't, don't, don't rebuke them too hard. They're growing. But you can have a lot of people around you and they're just in their emotions. But you follow this. You follow this. But you could still once in a while say, Pastor, you know, we, we really, anyway, okay. Thank you, Brother John. <laughs> okay, uh, so we, we, we're learning here very clearly that uh, even when there's a crisis, your spirit's got the answer, not your soul. Right. If you're going into a dangerous place, look at your spirit, not your soul. Right. Don't listen to people that are in their soul. Listen to people that are, that are confirming the spirit. Yes. But if, you better be also listening to people that are spiritual in case they're not confirming what you think is in your spirit. Right. So I said to Pastor Nancy, because I trust her. I said, Pastor, uh, I'm, I'm going to go to Israel. She said, why? I said, well, because God told me to. She said, go. Because she's learned, she's, she's, I, don't, I miss it at times. But she's learned, a, our relationship has developed enough over the years that when I look at her square in her eyes and I say, God spoke to me, she knows, she trusts, and she's also going with the bearing of witness at that moment in her own spirit. And for her to say, Go then that's a confirmation to me because if, if I was missing it, she would have a grieving. Yeah. Yes. And then she'd say, well, 
See, when I went to Russia, down to the border of Mongolia, twice she looked at me and go, mm. And I was like, what's mm? I was carnal. She said, I, I, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? This is the witchcraft capital of, of, of Asia. I have to go. There's witches that need help. I have to go, pastor. There's people that need help. And she says, mm, mm. And I thought maybe she's afraid for my safety or something. But then she came back again. She said, you sure? You sure God told you to go? That shit, that's the clue, dude. That's the clue. That's the big clue. But because I'm, I just want to help him so bad. I said, well, mama, I believe I'm supposed to go. But then, then I'm wondering now. But I went and it was fine. But you've heard the story. No food. Sleeping on the rocks and, oh God, no sleep. And then the massage therapist from Hades herself. And, and just, and then almost getting killed in the car. And, and just, I mean, everything went wrong on that trip. But this little ex-witch comes up to me, crying. Through the interpreter, thank you for coming. This has changed my life. I used to be the witch in that region. I recently got born again. Now I understand how the blood of Jesus is more powerful than the witches. I'm going back and I'm going to, I mean, it changed her. And there was a lot of people, but I remember that lady. And I said, I'm trying to help you now. Listen, I said to the Lord, when I got back to my hotel, I couldn't lie on my back because they bruised me so bad. The massage therapist, um, had to lie on my stomach. <laughs> You should have seen, I had, my whole back was purple. But anyway, that's another story. And, and so I was lying on my stomach and I said, Lord, I said, you see? <laughs> no, I did. Honestly, I said, you see? Look, look at the fruit. No, I mean it. I'm not joking. Look at the fruit. Lord, if I hadn't have come, that lady wouldn't have been helped, plus all the other people. And I heard the Holy Ghost in my heart say, yes, and that is good. He said, but until you learn to be led by my spirit instead of led by the needs of people, I cannot trust you with international work. Meaning, I know there's a need, but you're not the only fish in the pond, Craig. I can bring somebody else to Kazil to preach to that lady. Why do you think you're the only one? You don't move you, as long as you're led by the needs of men. I can't trust you. You gotta be led by my spirit only, not because people need help. Lots of people needed help at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus went to one. Lots of people needed help at the gate beautiful. Peter and John went to one. You're not moved by need. You're not moved by all oh, these people need help. You're moved by the spirit. And I, and I, and I always remember that like it, it's, it's, not, it's not just about helping people. And, and when, pe when others over you have a check, you'd be wise to listen. I was so focused on helping, but I was missing the perfect will. I was in the permissive, but not the perfect. Pastor Nancy picked that up. And her way of saying, because she's not, like doctor would have just said, huh, no way, that's stupid, don't do that. Dr. Summer would have probably said, huh, full of devils. I mean, I mean, it got worse, it got better in the generations. Dr. Summer, Dr. Dufresne was not quite as gruff 
Pastor Nancy is far less gruff. Everybody's getting nicer as we get closer to the rapture. But, but, but her, for her, but listen, even though she's sweet, for her to say twice to me, uh, are you sure? Are you sure? So she should have, I should have canceled that part of the trip. But I didn't. Had a bad time. Almost died. Then she come back and she says, she's done this twice now when we're having dinner with other ministers. Pastor Craig, tell us all about Russia. <laughs> and she'll have me repeat the whole story. The hellish story. I could take an hour to tell you that story, buddy. The hellish story. And she's just kind of, <laughs> she's just laughing and laughing. And then, and then we get to the end. And she, and, and what, what, she done the second time, the first time, but she said to me, she said, and after all of that, what do you think could have avoided that? <laughs> and I said, if I had listened, because you said twice, eh, I'm not sure. You sure? You should double check that. I said, mama, I learned now. But you see, when I say, I, I feel I'm going to Israel, I'm watching for that. Yeah. Right. Because I believe it came out of my spirit, not the desire to help people. Right. Yeah. But when I say to her, mom, this is what I think, I, I feel God's telling me to do that. Go. See, if there was a check, she'd say, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm looking for the, mm -hmm. <laughs> and in the absence of the, mm -hmm, then it means, let's hit this baby. Let's do it. Amen. But see, I'm learning. Everybody's learning. You got to get out of this soul realm and into your spirit. Okay, next slide. Just that's a reminder. Don't forget interpretation will be not most of the time, but only some. Next one and then we'll close. But many times just while I'm praying in tongues from somewhere way down in here and he's tapping his belly, it'll just come up. It's difficult to explain spiritual things in natural ways, but it'll just rise up in me. Oh boy, I know what that feels like. Just like you can sense something rising up in you and it begins to, I love this phrase, and it begins to take shape and form. Oh boy. And you couldn't tell anybody mentally how you knew it to save your life because you understand you don't have anything to do with it, but you know exactly on the inside of you. It's such an encouragement because you see, you know if you do face another crisis, you know where your help comes from and you know how to get it. Amen. Jenny, that's exactly how it feels. It starts to rise up, but you first don't really know what's rising up and then it starts to take shape and form and then by the time it gets to your mind, you know. Yeah. Hallelujah. Dad had been preaching this at one of his conferences, and then in the evening, a minister who missed the morning session, he said, come on up, brother, and testify a little bit. And that pastor went up, and he, and, and, you know, and he said, you know, tell, tell us, brother, where does our help come from? And he'd been preaching this that day. But the brother missed the service. And so he said, I lift up my eyes under the hills from whence cometh my help. Dad Hagen looked at him and goes, wrong. The hills don't have nothing for you. The help comes out of your spirit, out of your belly. Where were you this morning? First of all, it pays not to miss the morning service when you're with high, high prophets. But that Old Testament scripture, help didn't come from within because there was no Holy Ghost within. Help came from without. So it's okay to say, I lift up my eyes, but you can't quote that. I lifted my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. No, my help don't come from no hill, mountain, valley, or ravine. It don't come from no nature or any animal. Nothing. That is not where my help comes from. I look to my spirit from whence cometh my help. 
Brother and sister, you've been fed tonight, whether you realize it or not. Uh, I've given you, some of you had a ribeye, some of you had filet mignon, some of you had sirloin. But I hope you, I hope you digest it. I hope you listen because there's a lot of little things that I shared throughout this hour that you probably need to maybe listen to again. And I would encourage you to remember it's a privilege to put the word in. It's a privilege to pray with a live language, the divine living life of tongues. It's a privilege to have that instruction come up within you and take shape and form. And at times, interpret. Praise the Lord Jesus forever. Praise God. Hallelujah.